Hey, uh, so as the director of newly married ministry here at Watermark, I get the cool privilege of leading out over our foundation groups, which are our small groups specifically designed for newly married couples. And in this role, I get to kind of pick up where the pre-married prep ends and happily ever after begins, right? Um, if I were to describe this connection, kind of the connection between the pre-married ministry, the newly married ministry here, I, honestly, I describe it similar to teaching someone how to play a new board game. Okay, in our family, we love to teach people new board games. Ticket to Ride, any fans in the house? One of our faves, okay? But when you sit down with someone to teach them a new board game, what typically happens is you start to go through the rules and you begin talking intricately through everything that they need to know and talk about and you kind of go, okay, so here's the strategy or hey, the first time I used to play, I used to do this and go, and they're sitting there going, you know, like, okay, okay, great. And, and eventually they come and they begin to say this to you. They say, you know what? I think I'm just gonna need to play, right? And, and so that's, Similar in marriage. Okay, you can sit there and you can talk all these things through in premarital, but when it comes time to really learn these truths in marriage, you got to play the game, right? And so it's during these first few years of marriage where those love goggles that those couples wore all through engagement, they begin to fog up a bit, right? And they're kind of like not seeing their spouse in the way that they once did. In fact, they show up at the church and they typically go, hey, this this right here, it's not the person I married, okay? In which we gently respond and say, I'm sorry, here's the deal. The person you dated is not the person you married because you dated their PR firm, right? <laughs> and we all did, right? We all did. And so as great as your premarital prep is, the average couple walks through this time blinded by the fact that they believe they're marrying their soulmate and they're in love. Oh, they're in love. They're in love like no two people have ever been in love before, right? And so what I would just tell you is that after they say I do, the church has an incredible opportunity to step in and to walk alongside these couples, reminding them of the truths that you shared with them during their time with you during premarital. And not only that, these couples need other couples to remind them that what they're experiencing, the feelings they're feeling, the disappointments they're facing, they're not unique to them. Everybody feels that from time to time. You see, and rather allowing them to convince themselves that there's somebody better out there for them, we get to come alongside and step in and let them know that that someone better is their spouse, right? And that God is gonna use marriage to conform them to Christ-likeness in a way that nothing else has. And it's an awesome, awesome opportunity. And so today, what I want to share with you guys, honestly, is just four reasons why I believe newly married ministry is the greatest missed opportunity in the church today. Okay? So track with me here. The first reason is this. It provides the church an opportunity to be proactive rather than reactive. It provides the church an opportunity to be proactive rather than reactive. You see, back in October, Ebola hit the big D. And if you watched the national news, you would have thought no one that lived in this city was going to come out alive. I can't tell you how many times my mom called and was like, are you okay? Are you okay? You know, and I was like, yeah, we're, we're fine. And, and so as the healthcare providers, they scrambled around and they were trying to selflessly treat those who had the disease. What they realized is what they really needed to do was prevent it from spreading and from anyone else getting it. And so everywhere you turned, you found preventative measures. 
how you could avoid Ebola. And it got me thinking, what if the church was this serious about preventative care and marriage? As serious as I was about not getting Ebola. You see, as you sit here today, many of you have couple after couple who have come to you with their marriage in crisis. They're beating down your door. And honestly, that's probably why you're here. A lot of you, because you want to know how do we help them right where they're at. And it's important to do that. And I think you're going to see some strategy and some great opportunities to do that over these next few days. But what I want you to do is stop for a minute and consider what could have happened if you'd have gotten that out in front of all of this? What if you'd have gotten in front of all the hurt, all the pain, all the disappointment? What if you could have spoken into these lives before the walls of bitterness and resentment were built up? You see, newly married ministry encourages couples to make incremental changes now. They're going to deeply impact their marriage. They're going to get to keep these couples moving toward one another rather than slowly drifting apart. You see, church, we have got to, got to, got to play offense, not just defense when it comes to marriage ministry. The second reason I believe this is the greatest missed opportunity in the church is this. It offers newlyweds a biblical view of marriage. It offers them a biblical view of marriage. You see, 40% of millennials come from divorced homes. That's nearly half, right? So the husband or the wife, one of them, the chances are they come from a divorced home. And that doesn't even include those who grew up in homes where their parents were married strangers. These children of instability have a skewed view of marriage. They see this thing as a consumer transaction rather than a covenant that says no matter what. You see, many of them haven't seen marriage done well, and the church has an opportunity to show them first through God's word and secondly through God's people a better way, God's way. And it is awesome to see this happen. And you know what we've found is we've shown them this better way we found that they then in turn go and do the same for a watching world. And I don't want you to miss that. I don't want you to miss it. You see, the third reason I believe that the greatest missed opportunity in the church is newly married ministry is that it impacts more than just the newlywed marriages in your church. You see, as our leaders set out to invest in newly married marriages, they begin to realize they're investing in their own marriage along the way. And this incredible things happen. There's this renewed vitality in their marriage. And there's this great accountability that comes along that keeps them working and investing in their own relationship. You see, our leaders realize that this is more than some type of marriage class or program, that it's discipleship. It's them walking alongside these couples. They're doing life together. They're encouraging one another. They're challenging one another. They're abiding with Jesus together. They're even processing life's decisions together. This past summer, as I was heading up to family for the 4th of July, I got a call from one of my leaders, and he says, hey, Lance, listen to this. Last night, we were sitting with our group, and the couple showed up and said, hey, we've, uh, we're pregnant. Um, we've just found out after doing some genetic testing that uh, our child's going to have sickle cell. And uh, we've decided that we're going to terminate this pregnancy. Okay, can you imagine that? You're showing up, you're thinking, hey, curriculum, what page are we on? Wait, uh, what? And as they shared, our leaders, they didn't panic, right? They, they curled their toes, not their faces. Okay, it's a huge, you write that down, it's big. Okay, and as they begin to sit there and they begin to just seek to understand, 
hey, can you tell us a little bit more about what's going on here? And as they begin to tell their story, they begin to say, hey, look, you know, our family, there's just a long history with this, and there's a lot of pain associated with it, and, and we just think this is going to be best. We've got our family support, and this is where we're going. And our leaders looked at that couple, and they said, hey, man, we love you, and we are here for you in this. Would you do us a favor and just kind of slow this process down? Would you be willing to meet with some of the other couples in our church who have walked this difficult road that you're about to head down? Other couples who maybe have, have experienced the difficulties of having a child with a disability or with severe extreme health risks? They agreed to do this, and before I know it, we had lined up meetings with five to six couples within this church who said, let me tell you what God has done through our story." A couple of weeks later, that couple shows up a group. They go to give their update, and they said, hey, we need to let you know. We've decided to have this baby. You know why? Because they knew they weren't going to be alone. They knew that not only were they going to be there to pray with them and to lead them to the truth of Scripture beforehand, but that they were going to be there to walk with them through it afterwards. Awesome. This past Christmas, I get an email in my inbox and attached to that email is a picture of that couple, right? Holding their baby for the first time. You know what they named him? They named him Isidosa. And in their tribe, that name means I choose God's way. Gosh, incredible story. And it is just not every day that you get to see a life change. Okay, these groups are about far more than just marriage. I mean, can you imagine for a moment where that couple would be today had they tried to make that decision on their own? Had they gotten isolated and made a decision that I think down the road they would have deeply, deeply regretted. The deal is that happens every day in our churches. Okay, it does. You see, the opportunity for impact goes far beyond marriage. We get to set them up for a lasting legacy. And so the fourth reason, I believe it's the greatest missed opportunity in the church is this. It's an intentional investment in the future of the church. It is. As you invest in newlyweds, you're raising up future marriage ministry leaders. It's you living out 2 Timothy 2.2, okay? We tell our foundation group couples all the time, you will have invested more in your marriage over these 15 months than most people will in a lifetime, okay? They're not marriage experts by any means, but we let them know, hey, you can be a marriage ambassador in your neighborhood, at work, and here's the deal, they're getting to share not what makes for a solid foundation, but who. And people are coming to know the Lord through these relationships, and as they begin to share their story, as they begin to use their gifts, we've found that these couples stick around. They start to be the church rather than just going to church. And it's amazing to see these couples who showed up to get something through a foundation group ministry, who now are here to give and to invest back Seriously, over half of my current foundation group leaders were in a foundation group at one point in time. Such a cool opportunity. So how do you seize it? Honestly, it could be easier than you think. You see, you don't have to necessarily create a new structure or hire a full-time staff position. You just need a plan. You need a plan that brings couples together in the same stage of life. A plan that gives them a mentor couple whose hindsight can become their foresight. You need a plan that guides them to the truth of God's word and helps them to make their, establish their foundation in Christ. You see at Watermark, we've chosen a small group model where we put these couples in a group together, four to six. We put them with a mentor couple. We give them structured curriculum and give them the opportunity to talk through these things together. 
okay? How'd we craft the curriculum? Honestly, we just listened to the couples who were struggling. And then we kind of worked our way back and said, what if we talked about that now? What if we helped them better understand those things now? And what we discovered is arguably the most strategic discipleship opportunity in the church. And it's honestly my hope that you'll discover it too because it's simply too important to ignore, okay? And it's an investment that it needs to be continued even after the early years of marriage.